You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further. My name is Andy Lynch, Connections Pastor here at Kingsway, and we are joined by Matt and Rachel Nickerson. Sit tight. This is going to be a fun conversation. (laughs) Rachel is already cringing at what Pastor Matt might say. Or has already said. (laughs) Or has already said before we have gotten started. We've just, of course, have had our vision night here at Kingsway. We're walking through what that looks like during the month of March, so we hope you get a chance to tune in or join us live on Sunday mornings for that as we are looking where God's taking us over the next five years. But I am super excited to hear the heart behind uh, the leaders of our church, Matt and Rachel, to hear just what life is like on a Monday afternoon at the Nickerson household. And we'll perhaps share some stories. Rachel does not think we want to hear what life is like (laughs) at the Nickerson household, but we do. Trust me, we do. And so we are excited for this. And so we will start with an easy, well, first, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You're welcome. And Rachel, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, so many times when I hear people talk about Pastor Matt on stage, they say, I, I got I to gotta be ready because he's going 100 miles an hour and he's going to get twice as much information out there than, than myself or Brett whenever we're on stage. Does he ever slow down at home or is this life with Matt Nickerson 100 miles an hour? Um, this is kind of life with Matt Nickerson, 100 miles an hour. Um, he does slow down a bit, but not for very long. Last night, my wife had the uh, fireplace going, and uh, I put the kids in bed, and I came down, I climbed up in the chair, we were going to watch some TV, I pulled a blanket up over me, and just as the TV show started, I looked at her, and I said, I'm not going to make it, and I was done. I was just done. That's just how it goes. Hard, 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 go, 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 yeah. and then I'm done. And, I'm well, all, and he's been that way since college. Okay. We would do, we were on a camp team together and he would go all the whole entire week. And then we would come back to campus and you wouldn't see him for a day because he'd just sleep. And then he'd be ready the next week to go, go, <laughs> go, go, go. So yeah, he does slow down a little bit, but. It's to it, crash. It's to crash, <laughs> pretty much. And his up. energy builds up pretty good again. So, yeah. how, how has that been for you, getting to know that pace and, and understanding in years of marriage? How long you guys been married? 20... One and a half. One and a half, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. that hard to get used to, or that, that was from the beginning you understood? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you still don't understand, do you? I still don't understand. <laughs> Understanding might not be the goal. No. Coping mechanisms, learning to live with. <laughs> yes. No, our families are just very, very different. And that's one thing that we've had to learn over the years is how different, you know, our families were and how that plays into the family that Matt and I create. My family was good just to sit and be with each other, just watch TV or, you know, just chill. His family is not. <laughs> His mama is Matt times two with energy. Oh, wow. And so it is always go, go, go here, do things, you know. And until so, she crashes. Until she crashes, just <laughs> like Matt. Um, and so that's kind of... We've had to work through that over the years. Yeah, it was just a couple couple nights ago. Like um, Rachel's family would always eat meals together. Not every meal, but they would often eat meals together. And um, nobody would start eating until everybody was seated. And it took me a long time to kind of figure out this rhythm. I'm still figuring it out. So like I went to pick up dinner after church. Uh, My mom actually called, said, hey, I'll buy you guys lunch. What do you want? Go get it. So I went and picked up food for everybody after church this past Sunday. 
And they messed up one of the orders. They gave us the wrong thing. So I had to go in and get the right thing. So on the way home, I'm like, well, I got this wrong thing. They sent it home with us or just throw it away. So I just, I was so hungry. I hadn't eaten breakfast. You know, I woke up at 5 a.m. to start getting ready for church. It's now two o'clock in the afternoon. And I, so I just ate the extra thing on the way home. And this was Sunday. And Rachel's like, what are you doing? Why would you eat without us? The rest of us are hungry too. And I'm like, that's just what we did in my home. But in her home that you just don't do that. Here we are 21 years later. I'm still figuring this thing out. Yeah, we're still clueless. It's good. I love you, though. <laughs> you look really good in your new sweater. Hey, thank you. It's such a... It's, this, this is marriage, isn't it? <laughs> this is marriage. He keeps you on your toes, Rachel. Uh, yes, that is true. <laughs> what What are you two praying about as a couple? What does what your prayer life look like? And, and what, what types of things do you bring to God together? Let me... Let me jump in first, but I want her to do the majority of the talking. So this is, uh, you guys hear from me all the time. I share stories. You hear my perspective on them. I try to be uh, vulnerable, not make myself, me sound like the hero and her sound like the zero. I try, I try to make me sound like the bad guy most of the time. So I'm really excited for you to hear her answer this. But let me just say up front. For so what you're I, saying you want me to be the zero? That's yeah, so that I can be the hero. Perfect. No, okay. I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> I'm glad you're here, Rachel. <laughs> thank, thank. <laughs> can we start over? I'm just kidding. So uh, one thing I just want to say real quick, like, um, yes, I'm the quote unquote spiritual leader in our home, but my wife does the majority. Rachel here does the majority of the, the leading of our, our kids spiritually because she homeschools and does most of it there. So I'm going to let her answer this and then I'll jump in and whatever she says and add to it. Oh, okay. Um, I would say the, one of the main things that I know we both pray about together and a lot just separate is parenting and our kiddos. Um, that is something they don't tell you is, well, they do tell you, but I guess you don't really understand it until you have kids that, your kids are a part of you, and so you worry about them and the decisions they'll make or things that could influence them, things that might hurt them later down the road. I mean, just everything. Um, yeah, and so our kids always we're praying about. Um, as far as what does it look like, mine is more all throughout the day. <laughs> Something will happen or... Um, you know, a thought will hit me or we'll talk about something in homeschool. And so that's, I'm always shooting up prayers all throughout the day. Often when uh, Rachel wakes up, like on my day off, um, either Friday or Saturday, um, if, if I give Rachel a nap or if, or if I let her sleep in and I come down and take the kids in the morning and she's getting a late start, she'll come down and say, hey, I've just been up there praying for the kids and the family, that kind of thing. And man, I love that about her. Um, so I know that's one of the ways that she talks with God. We often close our nights talking about what's going on in the home, what's going on with the kiddos, what do we need to troubleshoot? Hey, this moment happened earlier. How do you think we handled that? Hey, I'm seeing this pattern. We did that over and over and over and over again. And I'd say that becomes a part of our prayer. Probably one of the ways, if we're being vulnerable in a podcast, I didn't okay this with my wife. So get ready to edit this part, Derek. Hey, my favorite. Uh, you know, we sometimes um, we sometimes do a really good job of laying in bed, holding hands. We, we often go to bed holding hands. We sometimes just stop and pray before bed. But we don't often just pray together in a structured, every night we do it in the morning or that didn't make any sense. Every night we do it at night or every morning we do it in the morning that our lives are too chaotic. I'm often out of the house before the kids are awake, that kind of thing. So it's not well, coordinated everyday kind yeah. of event for us. Yeah. And it's not like you and I have everything always figured out. This is something that yeah. we could grow into. Absolutely. 
Yeah. We've felt convicted by that. I, I, piggybacking off your question, Andy, um, you didn't ask this, but. Um, <laughs> so is that really a piggyback? Yeah, right. It, it's more <laughs> no, of the that's same. That's a minister piggyback. <laughs> right? That's more of the same, though. So, like. Go uh, ahead, Matt. You're thank you, Andy. I appreciate I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> no, mean to. I don't care. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, but my wife, homeschooling, part of her, the curriculum she builds in is she's doing like these devotions with our kids. And she's reading the Bible with them and doing devotions with them and praying with them like every single day almost. So when I'm here at church preaching, she's doing church with them and praying with them every Sunday, except for the Sundays where we decided to do it together as a family later in the day. And then, um, when I, I put them to bed every night, except for Saturday night, or if there's something chaotic, a meeting or I'm sick or whatever. And then I'm praying with them in their rooms before bed and we sing a song. And so you asked what we were praying about, but that's our rhythms of like when and how Mm -hmm. we're bringing in those God moments. That goes right along with kind of what I'm thinking next. And it's a problem for, for all of us, I think. When we get home from work, <laughs> how do we transition into dad? You know, and Rachel, how do you help Matt realize, all right, now's dad time. You know, do you, you, do you have you to have a conversation? when he walks in the door not to just throw them at them and say, I'm done? Is that what? That's okay. a good strategy. Perfect. Perfect. My dad used to love, <laughs> we moved and he worked 45 minutes from home and he would say he loved the drive because it gave him 45 minutes to shut off everything at work, pray and leave it behind and walk in the door. Um, I live five minutes door to door with traffic in the ice and snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's way faster than that on a good day. So you get no transition time. Yeah, I don't, I mean, it depends on the day. And I think a lot of moms would get that too, that some days are good and some days, okay, great. You're home. We're doing good. Other days I'm about ready to pull my hair out and it's like, okay, you can take over now. Tag. You're it. I should get a text about four or four 30. Are you coming home soon? (laughs) (laughs) And that's like a feed forward. It's one of those Mm -hmm. days. You be ready to walk in the door. You got them. Yep. (laughs) Uh, one of the other things though is almost, again, we, we homeschool and that is a blessing. I realize not everybody listening will have that opportunity, but, um, she'll often save iPad time. So after they've finished their work and schoolwork and blah, 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 and done all our stuff, then they're allowed to have iPad time. Well, she'll save it for right about the time that I come home mm-hmm. so that I can come home, kind of greet everybody, give a hug or whatever. And it's really nice for me because then if I want to, I can go change clothes, come down, I can work out. She'll often get dinner ready, that kind of thing. Um, it's just kind of our rhythm. Not always, but often. Rachel, what's the burden of a pastor's wife? <laughs> I'm sorry. How long is this? Part? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um, oh goodness, Andy. That wasn't that was not on the sheet. That so I'm wasn't sorry. one of the questions you <laughs> prepped me for. But I'm great, I'm feeling this, that, and I know my wife. I mean, she she works here at the church as well, but she's experienced yeah. it. Her dad was an elder. Those types of things. You, you feel different and in a way I'm sure there's times you feel alone where Mm -hmm. you are the sounding board and you don't really have a sounding Mm -hmm. board of your own sometimes yeah and that is that is true I had um one of my friends um at Rocky Mountain Christian Church when we first came on staff Missy Flint she said being a minister's wife is hard because you're not a leader but you're not a volunteer, but you're kind of somewhere, you're in limbo land. Mm. And that is kind of the best description that I have heard is that you're in limbo land because yeah, your husband is working at the church and responsible for things and responsible for people, but you're not there. I, 
I don't know. That's, it's a, it's a different place to be. (laughs) Um, My grandpa was a minister. My dad was a minister. My brother's a minister and I married a minister. So ministry family, (laughs) obviously. Um, No, I wanted to marry a minister because that's the only life that I actually knew. The thought of any other life kind of scared me because I've always lived a ministry life. Um, Yeah, it can be lonely because people don't, people don't always understand. (laughs) Um, And things will happen that my dad used to say, and it's so true, there are two sides to every story. And people don't know the other side sometimes, and it's not our business or our place to share it. Right. Um, and so it looks very one-sided or, you know, we've lost friends, we've gained really good friends. We, you know, it's it's kind of a roller coaster, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. If I could piggyback off that, um, talk about your current group and how God has really blessed you that because I know that's huge. It is huge. Um, well, we started a group to help another lady that was in our church at the time about five years ago, I guess. And there were three other ladies besides myself going to help this other lady at the church and um, ended up the lady we were going to help actually quit the group and you know we decided you know what we're just going to keep going um and it has been amazing because i know a lot of other ministers wives around the country <laughs> um that you are in limbo land and you can't just say things to people because like i said there's two sides to every story and people can take things wrong or something you maybe not should have said or you know you just you you can't, and it is kind of lonely, but this group has been amazing because these three women and I, we made a pact. They're all in leadership positions, or their husbands are, and we made a pact that what is said in the group stays in the group, and so that has been amazing, and they love Matt, and so even when I would be frustrated at something or whatever. What? I cannot believe that. You, you I know. About it is, I know. It is hard to imagine. <laughs> I know, but but they have our best interests at heart, right. and if I was wrong, they'd call me, you know, they call me out, and it's just, it's a really good iron sharpens iron yeah. kind of a thing. Um, that's been very good. Awesome. as a that's minister's great. wife. And yeah. I trust the ladies in that group. That's so yeah. critical for me. Um, so one of the things I've had to figure out, Andy, is um, how much do I tell Rachel and how much don't I? Mm. Early on, uh, I kind of told her everything because I didn't want there to be any secrets between us. And then I had to kind of figure out, well, this isn't a secrets issue. Like I'm not keeping, I'm protecting her. If she knows everything about everything, that's not healthy for her. Now she carries the burden. You know, I come to work and I've got conflict with somebody in the church or somebody on staff, not that there's ever been conflict. And, um, and I go home and I share with her, she carries the burden. I come to work and we work it out, but she hasn't worked it out. Right. And so we had to figure out that rhythm of, Hey, when I look at you and say, if you want to know more, this is a phrase we use, right? If you want to know more, I'll tell you, I will keep no secrets from you, but I'm telling you, you don't want to know more. Well, but, and some of it is none of my business. And yeah. you will say, you got to trust me on this one. You, yeah. you don't need to know. And you don't want to know. And yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. Just pray for me. Yeah. It's a hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
How much do you rely on her support to get you through the day-to-day, Matt? Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, I don't know if I could pick a number high enough. Mm. Uh, and that's not an overstatement. I'm not saying that because it's a podcast and she's here. And if I were in a private conversation, I'd say the real number. I cannot overstate this. So just to give an idea, I don't worry one iota about whether my kids are doing well. I know they are in the best hands possible for them. Um, I know when Rachel says things to me that hurt me, it's because she loves me. She may not always say it right. She may not always be right. But what she's saying to me is because she loves me. And this will be true for every married person out there, husband or wife. Nobody can hurt you like your spouse and nobody can build you up like your spouse. Mm -hmm. So the best way that I could describe ministry, and I know Andy and Derek, you guys sitting in the room with me, you feel this too. There's a weight that comes to what we do. Eternity is hanging in the balance in every interaction, every conversation, every sermon, every teaching. And yes, ultimately the weight is on God is not on me. And I can hear somebody out there in the church or they're going to hear me say this and they're going to be almost, I'm going to just, I'm going to rebuke you for a second. They're going to be judgmental. Like, well, that's not your weight to carry. That's, I get it. And yes, I have to remind myself of that. Nevertheless, Everything I do carries eternity. If I do it right, it saves marriages. If I don't do it right, marriages don't get the help they need. It just, it's huge. And so to go home and have a safe place where I'm not expected to be perfect, but I will be loved and I will be called out when I'm off. I'll be given grace on bad days. Um, It's amazing. I can't say enough about it. So cool. So cool to hear um, from Matt and from Rachel here. We hope you're enjoying this (laughs) podcast. I know I am. Yes, yes. That's a good commercial break. Thank you. <laughs> what, do you what do you guys do to build your marriage? Are there specific practices, specific getaways, specific things you look for uh, to build your marriage? Um, well, that you touched on one with the communication thing. Like, that is one thing. What are you I'm laughing, laughing because if you there was here. one thing that we still need to work on 21 years later. communication, okay? <laughs> Go ahead. Um. But what I was going to say (laughs) is that um, the verse in Proverbs that says a wound from a friend is better than a kiss from an enemy. Mm. And that is one thing that I have always appreciated about Matt. And that's one reason that I married him is because he and I can both be a little stubborn, strong willed. We are strong willed and um, he won't put up with my junk and vice versa. And so we really are, as far as, like you said, speaking truth to each other. He really is my best friend, and iron sharpens iron. And yeah, but the way that we say it sometimes is what gets us in trouble. Well, I remember (laughs) when we were dating, and I said something about, look, I don't, I do not need drama. Like, if I ask you how you're doing, and you say you're fine, I'm going to take it at face value, and you're fine. If you're not fine, don't say fine, okay? So... Uh, I thought problem solved. Like I fixed this. <laughs> yeah. I'm the first guy to think of that approach. Mm-hmm. And then I learned there's this thing about woman and the way God made woman different than man, that woman wants to be pursued. Um, and you never notice that God wants to be pursued. Like God wants to be wanted and he's a jealous God and he longs for your affection. Well, he decided to put that part of himself in woman. And so that isn't enough. And she wants to be pursued and she wants to be heard and she wants to be listened to. And if you've spent more than 10 minutes with me, you know that those are the things that I struggle with. 
And so that is, I don't even know how we got on the subject. You mentioned communication. That is a constant struggle of each of us trying to figure out how to slow down, listen, listen to hear, and then mm -hmm. decide where the person's wrong. I'm just kidding. And, <laughs> and then move on from there. <laughs> and everything becomes a joke in our home, in my world. And so that doesn't always go over well either. But yeah. Andy, what was the original question? Because you had said something I wanted to... Things you do to build your marriage. Thank you. Specific practices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I hear a lot of talk about date nights tonight. I got to be honest. I don't necessarily buy in. I think intentional investment is more important than a date night. Um, and that can look, because we went through seasons where date nights were not options. And I won't go into that here, but they just weren't options for us. They really weren't. And we're talking extended periods of time, years. Mm -hmm. Dates were really not options. So... That doesn't mean that for two years we disengaged from each other, didn't love each other, didn't serve each other. We had to find ways in our world, given our unique experiences, to invest in each other. Um, so that's the most important thing. One of the things that took me a really long time to figure out, and you jump in where you want to, is um, Rachel loves TV. I hate TV. And there's all kinds of family baggage related to both those statements as to why each of us do. I had to learn to be okay with watching TV with Rachel, because for me, watching TV means playing a video game while watching TV. It's like my ADHD gets to feed itself and gorge for a moment. And I get to do 18 things at once. And it's a glorious thing. But Rachel would feel like it wasn't, we weren't connected. We weren't doing the same thing together. So I have to learn to put down that and be there with her. When I do that, I fall asleep. So then she'd feel devalued because it's like, <laughs> you're, this isn't us together. You're on the couch next to me sleeping. So I've had to learn and I still struggle with like being present in a moment. You hear this in sermons or wherever you are, be all there, but trying to be intentional. We try to sit down when the kids are in the other room playing and going crazy or whatever. Like we're talking about the day and we're engaging about the calendar and we're looking at vacations. We try to take multiple vacations a year and uh, really invest in each other that way. And I'm going to shut up. So you have any thoughts that you want to share? I just, nice. that was a pretty breath, wasn't it? Tag your turn. Tag your turn. Okay, I'm like, I'm going to hear you all the talking and I'm talking. So go ahead. Any other ways we engage? Well, one of the things I was going to say was date nights, but that's fine. Um, we do date nights. We do date nights now every once in a while, but I would agree. Um, when you go on trips and stuff, I will often write you like notes for every day mm. or letters or yeah. something. Mm. And, She'll hide them in my bag. Yep. Cool. Yep. Um, and so I'll try to think of cool little ideas to do when we're apart. Yeah. Um you know, sending texts throughout the day. Yeah. Um, if I get a five minute break, I'm always trying to call. Hey, how you doing? Mm -hmm. Kids doing okay? What do you need? I love you. It's brief. It's quick, yeah. but it's just a touch base. Yeah. I hear you both saying that you have direct communication styles with one another. How important, I've been thinking about this in, in my marriage, how, how important is it to be ready to receive? When, when do someone, I get to interview you when so with Leah? <laughs> exactly. Uh, that, that was last month. You missed your turn. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> Sorry. How, how, how important is it to be, as the receiving spouse, ready to receive whatever that direct communication is? And how do we get to that point? I mean, trust is a big part of it. Yeah. 
I'll give one quick one while you think about your answer. So yes, I did a premarital counseling session recently and I coached them this. I said, it took Rachel and I years. So if I could fast track your growth years, it's called a feed forward in communication. And a feed forward is where you, you tell somebody something's coming before it comes. And it actually kind of softens the blow and lets them know it's coming. And, um, and I, and I, it, we came up with this phrase, I, I know when, but it's irrelevant when, but Rachel will look at me and say, all right, tacky comment coming. And that's her way of letting me know I'm about to call you out, bro. And, uh, <laughs> you might not like it, but, and you know, it took a lot of pain. It took me being honest. Sometimes like we'd get done. And I'm really anxious about a sermon in my early years. And I wasn't very good at preaching and not saying I'm good now, but it's just, you're rookie, you know what you're doing. And you're going home from church and you're thinking, man, I just need somebody to tell me that didn't suck. And how did that go? And she's like, well, and she just started giving you all the feedback. And it's like, never mind, I don't want to know. Don't tell me right now. It's not the right time. Right. So we had to learn the rhythm. Like, what do we talk about that? Yeah. Is it Sunday night? Is it Monday morning? Because I need that feedback. I want that feedback. I trust you more than anybody in the world to give me that feedback. But that wasn't the right moment. And it's my fault because I was insecure and trying to get it. And you were like, well, I'll help you. And it's like, no, 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 no. Just tell me I'm awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, go ahead. You have some thoughts, I'm sure. Well, timing, I think, is one thing. And that's you and I really had to (laughs) figure that out. um, That when we get into an argument, Mm. Matt is a verbal processor. And so he (laughs) wants to process right away. Let's talk about it. Let's get it done. Get it over with. Yeah, I'm not. And it takes me a while to think through things and reason through things. And when we first got married, he'd want to talk right away. And I wouldn't want to talk for like days. And we went to our first counselor, Randy, who was amazing. And he would say, okay, both of you, this is part of learning to fight fair. Matt, you cannot expect her to talk right away. And Rachel, you can't wait days to talk about something. So you guys need to, you know, we're going to talk about this tonight, or we're going to talk about this tomorrow afternoon, or we're going to, you know, set a time. I didn't ask your permission to say this. I'm going to take a risk, and I seriously will we'll edit it out. Of it, are those your okay. favorite words? Those, yeah, no, this is called a feed That's forward. Worse. Tacky comment. Tacky comment. comment. My comment. favorite <laughs> comments. Great. So, so here, here's the sinful side of both of us. Um, if I could get us to argue now, I can win almost every argument. Because I'm really good on my feet. Mm -hmm. I'm really good. That's why I do what I do. I'm really good with words. And she picked up on that quickly. So um, I could win by doing it now. And she could punish me. Her sinful behavior where she could punish me by not just. If I wait, I knew you'd cave. Right. Yeah. I I mean, seriously, that was the sinful part. Exactly. Exactly. So then it became this. And and so I had my own insecurities wrapped up in this where it was. And and again, this would take us hours to unpack. So for our next counseling session, Andy, um, I had my own insecurities, honestly, about if we don't talk it out and work it out right now, then how do I know you're not just going to leave me? Uh, yeah. And wow. it took me guys, it took, it took me books. It took me sermons. It took me God's word. It took counseling. It took a lot of stuff for me. And, and just honestly, the consistency, if she keeps coming back, she's not going to quit. Mm-hmm. I've used this in a sermon. I got her blessing. So I feel safe telling the story, but we were just a few months in our marriage. We had not hardly been fighting at all or bickering or disagreeing, but we had a couple fights in a row. And I think it was Sunday after church or Saturday morning. I just remember it was the middle of the day. And uh, we just finished the dishes and we had a little spat about something so irrelevant now, I don't even know what it was. And I slammed the dishwasher and I said, so what are you saying? You want a divorce? 
And oh my gosh, I think it was one of the most hurtful things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> she looked at me with this utter hurt and shock. And she was like, where in the world did you get that from? But what was going on in the back of my head is, is, is it's not going to last forever, right? At some point, we're gonna, she's going to leave me. And if I just had to give you like years of counseling in a nutshell, like I had dated and broke up with a lot of girls leading up to our marriage. So the norm was you date and when things get hard, they break up. Um, that's how it goes. Um, and even though I did almost all the breaking up, I was coming into my marriage with this wound, with this baggage. And it took a long time for us to figure that out. So for me, hey, if we could fight, we could work it out, we could do it right now. And by the way, also, if I win, everything will be great, right? And it wasn't great. It was making everything worse. Yeah. So what are, some of the, can I, what are some of the rules we had to come up with to, for our fights? We had to come up with some agreements. Yeah, this wasn't come up with. Randy had to tell yeah, us. We had to pay somebody to help us come up with them. <laughs> so we're about to save you $10,000 exactly. in three years in counseling. Here you go. Um, well, the timing was one of them. Um, do not say below the belt comments like there are just some things that should never be said. I don't care how angry you are. You control yourself because that is not okay. And our counselor said, you know, Matt, most people, he was, he said, I'm, I'm so proud of you guys. He's like, most people come to me, it's too late. They've said too much. They've done too much. It's even, even if they could move forward, they can't undo what they've already done. I was like, yeah. whew, that was yeah. a huge, yeah. But one of the, we had to come up with a rule like um, when I come to you and I'm ready to fight now and you're not because you need to think through it and work mm -hmm. through it, you had to tell me a time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so tell me how long. Yeah. Like, do you need an hour? And she had to pick a time. Yeah. I need an hour, two hours. And then she had to go away and work on it, but she had to come back to me at the end of that time. And yeah. if she needed an hour, she had to tell me. But she, it couldn't go on for days and weeks on end. Yeah, I love the vulnerability. I love I love seeing that in our weakness, God is strongest, and He is working so with you guys, and He has worked through a lot of things already. and And that that gets us really to the end here. What's your collective heart for Kingsway? What what, what do you feel about this place and this body of believers uh, that as we launch into this vision? You know, how are you feeling? You know, when I think about our collective heart, I think this is kind of just who we are, <laughs> um, that we will do what God wants us to do, whatever it takes. Um, there's pain and heartbreak that go through that too. Um, but there's joy and celebration with that too. Um, and so, yeah, there are some weeks when Matt works a ton <laughs> and we don't see him a lot. Um, there are other weeks that we have, you know, a lot of FaceTime with him, but I think that's part of living out the whatever God wants will do. We just, you guys have now heard, if you're listening to this podcast, about these four major visionary pieces and some of the elements in them. And uh, just to give an idea, we presented them to our elders and then uh, had the new elders come on and represent them to our elders and just did this little exercise where we said, which pieces of this really excite you the most? And as we went around the room, the entire vision was embodied by the eldership, but like different elders kind of were excited about different pieces mm. of it. Yeah. And I would say that's how I feel too. Like uh, this vision was created by our staff, right? You guys, you were there, Andy. It, we created it. I didn't create it. And so there's this collective buy-in and there are pieces that super stoke me. Mm -hmm. And there, I, I buy into all of it. I'm excited about all of it, but there's certain parts of it that like, man, I, I go to bed and I go, how, do I, how am I going to solve that one? Mm -hmm. How am I going to get that one done? And so I could share a couple of those because some of them go to Rachel's and my collective heart. Yeah. Um, 
like one of the pieces of the vision is, and I believe it's in the love your neighbor section, but I think it's in two of them. It's also in grow leaders. Um, <clears throat> but we, we really want to partner with other churches in the community. Yeah. And, uh, man, this is, if you guys have been at Kingsway for a length of time, you've heard me say this before. Um, we want to build the kingdom, not Kingsway. Right. Yes. We want Kingsway to grow, but not at the expense of other churches. Mm-hmm. I've said this so many times. If Kingsway triples in size and every church in the community gets smaller, that's a loss. That right. just means we did a better job at presenting the gospel and everybody came here. That's not a win. And so, I mean, I am constantly, this God has opened doors in the last 12 months that have not been open in the first 11 years here with other ministers and churches, uh, literally even randomly meeting guys in coffee shops and other things. And so I've been trying to be very intentional about those investments, texts, phone calls, lunches, breakfasts, off hours, days off going, Rachel, can I meet with this person on Friday? Can I meet with this person on Saturday? Are you okay with me missing family time? Because I really want to invest in them and blah, blah. And she's just amazing at it because we want to see all these churches. We want to see every church in our community that loves Jesus grow. And we have a heart for that worldwide. So we have missionaries and missions and pastors and friends in ministry that we've met over the years that we're constantly taking phone calls with, pouring into, ministering to. She does it. I do it. Uh, we invest in them financially. Um, and so anyway, that's just a huge part of who we are. So cool. Well, we appreciate your leadership. We appreciate your family and uh, all you're doing for the boys. So thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. If you want to take this conversation a step further, uh, feel free to email me, alinch at kingswaychurch.org, and we'd love to continue that as well. Thanks for joining us today for a step further. 